Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. The U.S. Drought Monitor says dry conditions in the Plains states and the West likely won't improve anytime soon. Brad Rippey is a USDA meteorologist who authors the Drought Monitor, and he says drought will likely spread over Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska this summer. We do expect heat to build back northward as the summer progresses and also some drier than normal weather. But I think that any significant drought concerns will be west of the Mississippi and south of the northern tier states. I don't really expect to see drought returning to North Dakota or Minnesota. But as you move to the south, there is some significant risk of drought returning to states like Iowa, perhaps parts of Missouri, and then points westward would be the biggest concern. Even though the boundary of the dry, hot air and the cool, damp conditions is going to likely shift northward as the summer progresses, it probably won't reach anywhere near as far north as what we saw last year. Most of the Midwest is no longer experiencing drought. If you look at the Midwestern drought map right now, you see an incredibly small percentage of drought. And this is just using the definition that the U.S. Drought Monitor has for the Midwest, which is effectively the states bordering the Mississippi and then Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky. So that's the U.S. Drought Monitor definition of the Midwest. It currently shows in that area only about 1% of the Midwest experiencing drought. All of that is in western Iowa at this point. Western Iowa and eastern Nebraska will be the point where drought will really take hold this summer. If you just break it down to Iowa, we currently are seeing 7% of Iowa experiencing drought at this time. But if you move to the west and Nebraska, just across the border, just across the Missouri there, 93% of Nebraska is currently experiencing drought. So that's kind of your boundary line right there along the Missouri. Areas to the west are still dry, still experiencing drought. Areas to the east have seen significant, if not total, recovery from last year's rainfall deficits. Again, that is USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. Now, temperatures in the Nebraska Panhandle on the weekend of May 21st and 22nd dipped into the 20s, creating serious concern for wheat growers. Cody Creech, Nebraska Extension Dryland Cropping Specialist, says the temps were concerning. We had a reported low of 22 down in Kimball County which was the lowest we had across the Panhandle region. And then on Sunday, it looks like our low was, we see a low of 23, but, you know, Cheyenne County was 24, Kimball was 25. And so it really varies across the region, but uh, that's a lot lower than we were expecting, and and it's going to cause us a lot more concern uh, as we wait to see exactly what the extent of the damage is going forward. Creech says the levels of injury to the wheat plant will vary. What we would be most concerned about and what we would be expecting to see would be injury on the uh, on the head. Uh, most of the wheat right now is in the boot stage or in the early heading stage. And so to evaluate the injury, we're going to have to wait for probably four to six days. And then after that, we'll be able to go out and uh, split some stems so we can see that head um if it's still in the boot, we'll be looking to see what the tip of that head looks like. And Creech says wheat growers are going to need to be patient to see the extent of any injury to the wheat plants. The recent Catalan feed report shows the biggest inventory on May 1st since 1996. Oklahoma State University Extension livestock market economist Dr. Daryl Peel outlines the findings in the report. 
the uh, May cattle on feed report showed placements in the month of April at 1% down from last year, 99% of last year. Marketings in April were 98% of last year. And uh, that gives us a May 1 on feed total that's 2% above last year. And it's an all-time record for May 1 feedlot inventories in the data series. Peel says this report continues to show that cattle are being sent to the feedlots in big numbers. It does. You know, we've had record large um, inventories the last several months, and we've said before that that means that we're probably pulling cattle ahead. I suspect some of this, again, is drought-related in some sense, so we're changing the timing. If you look at it, it it means that we're going to have plenty of feedlot supplies to work through here for the next several months. We're pulling cattle probably out of the last quarter of the year into the third quarter of the year at this point. We we still expect these numbers to come down, these placement numbers, uh, but obviously with the drought uh, impacts and the incentives that are out there, we're pushing that off as long as possible before we see those uh, placement numbers drop. Speaking of placements, placements in feedlots during April totaled 1.81 million head, 1% below 2021. Net placements were 1.76 million head. Marketings of fed cattle during April totaled 1.89 million head, 2% below 2021. He adds it's important that marketing stay strong for the next few months, given the large number of placements during the spring months. Typically, we see slaughter rates seasonally kind of at their peak in May and into June. We've been moving cattle pretty well. We've had pretty good slaughter rates. Carcass weights are still above a year ago, but they're coming down seasonally. So there's no indication that the feedlots are backed up. I think we're still marketing cattle at a pretty good rate. We're just going to have lots of cattle to market. It means, again, that we're going to have more cattle sooner rather than later, and, and then at some point later, they will get a lot tighter. That's Oklahoma State University Extension Livestock Market Economist, Dr. Daryl Peel. And the Department of Agriculture is stepping in along with the Department of Defense and Health and Human Services to get safe infant formula on store shelves as quickly as possible as families are dealing with shortages across the nation. President Joe Biden recently announced he is invoking the Defense Production Act to resolve the issue. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack explains more. When the Abbott facility comes back online, they're going to need ingredients, and there may be shortages of those ingredients within the supply chain. So essentially, issuing the Defense Production Act will allow Abbott to basically jump the line so that they are first in line to get those ingredients so that they can begin producing as much formula as possible, as quickly as possible. The Abbott facility and the Food and Drug Administration recently resolved safety concerns, allowing the facility to restart production. In the meantime, Vilsack says USDA is working to bring additional product into the country. We're in the process at USDA of being able to finance the Department of Defense's efforts to contract a flight from Switzerland and the Nestle facility in Switzerland, which is going to bring initially 1.5 million 8-ounce containers of hypoallergenic formula for youngsters who are allergic to cow milk protein. So this is going to begin the process of distributing additional products in areas that we know where there are shortages. In the meantime, we're also going to work with our SNAP program to make sure that there are flexibilities there as well so that people are in a position to be able to purchase with their SNAP benefits uh, formula that they need. Vilsack says the problems stem from the industry being efficient in producing infant formula. We had a very efficient system where there were a handful of companies that make this product The problem, of course, with efficiency is that when there's a disruption of one of the major suppliers, it creates a serious problem. And I think it behooves the industry to look at ways in which it can be more resilient in the future while still maintaining the cost effectiveness of an efficient system. And obviously, uh, USDA will be looking for ways in which we can provide the kind of flexibility and help that might be necessary. Again, that's Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack. 
This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great day.